0: bit. I want, I want to just, uh, I'm not going to preach shorter than normal today, and I just, I uh, I knew you all would get a blessing from seeing those videos, but let me read a scripture to you in Hebrews 13:14 14. Uh, before I talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the sentiments and things we feel here, I just want to uh, show a few facts that we all know, okay? There's a few things that everybody in here knows. It says in Hebrews 13, verse 14, it says, For, we, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. One thing that we do not have as Christians on earth, we don't have like a location that is just everything to us that, you know, we worship, that, that is our headquarters. We don't have anything like that. They used to have that in the Old Testament as a temple, but we don't have that today. Okay, And even as a local church, you know, when it comes to what we are and what we're about, it's not about a location. Okay, I think we all know that we don't have a continuing city. We don't have a specific building. And today, you know, this is our last Sunday here at this location. It is. It's a bittersweet feeling, though, because we're excited about the new location. But we also know we're going to miss this place because we've got a lot of good memories here. There's a lot of good memories. And I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's okay to be a little sentimental as long as we don't ever let sentiment keep us from, you know, moving forward and doing what we need to do. We don't want to be that way. And so I want to take, I just want to look at a few scriptural facts that we all know. Just because, you know, maybe some of us feel a little sad about moving to a new location, but it doesn't just, and if you feel that way, it doesn't mean you don't know these things. Okay? We all know these things, but first off, look what it says in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. One thing that we know that is very clear from the scriptures, and that is the church is not a building. They had that song in there, We Are Your Church, and I kind of used that chorus there at the end, showing the people, because the people are the church. You know, the, you know, We are, as God's people, we are the church. It's not a building. We all know that. I think this is... Uh, everybody's familiar with this. Look what it says in John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, verse 20, it says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. This is when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. And then Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship." For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. A building, okay, we don't have to have a building to worship God. You all understand that? A building is nothing more, really, than a tool that isn't even essential Y'all know that I've listened to guys like Brian Denlinger who criticizes church buildings and he'll bring up the fact, you know, I don't see any commands in the Bible where God told him to have a church building. Well, you know why? Because you don't have to have a building to be a church. But it doesn't mean we can't have one. It doesn't mean it's a sin. It doesn't mean it's not a blessing. I mean, aren't we glad we're not meeting in a cave somewhere? Aren't we glad that we, aren't we glad that we live in America and we can have a building where we can advertise our address and we can have a location where we can come and be protected from the elements and have air conditioning in the summer and heating in the wintertime. And if it's raining out like it was today, we can still have service and we're not going to get all wet. We're not going to be distracted by those things. But are these things essential? No, they're not. You know, if we had to, and the day may come where we have to meet in secret. You know, maybe it would be a good thing if we hold on this place for a while. In case we get shut down again, we'll sneak over here and have church, you know, when they're all watching for us, so, you know, expecting us to do something over there. Because, you know, the truth is, you know, we can we can meet wherever we want. Okay? So a, a building, it is a tool. It's a blessing. And you can even say it's a luxury. But it's not essential for there to be a church. We see in the scriptures they had churches in people's house. And the thing is, notice in this passage, you know, he's talking about how Jerusalem is a place you ought to worship. But Jesus said the hour is coming and now is where they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. We can worship God anywhere. We don't have to have some special location. We don't have uh, a Mecca or something like that. We don't have anything like that. We don't have a wailing wall. That we can make a pilgrimage to and go pray, and we don't need anything like that. We have access to God anywhere at any time. And so, the Jews—this is something interesting to think about. But before, you know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jerusalem was the place of worship. The temple was where the sacrifices and things were made. They had, you know, these yearly pilgrimages and things that the ones that live far away that they would have to make to Israel. And did you know that since the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., the Jews have not been able to practice their religion for almost 2,000 years? If you ask a Jew today, why don't you guys do sacrifices today? Because they don't have the temple. They are unable to do. Now, obviously, you and I know they're not supposed to be doing that. God took that away for a reason. Because now God wants people worshiping him in spirit and in truth, but these people who are claiming to follow the old testament literally cannot do what they believe they're supposed to do because they don't have that building. We don't have we don't have to worry about that. If the government comes and takes away our building, you know, that would stink, but we can still be a church. We can still be a congregation, we can still get together, we can still worship God, we can still win souls, we can still have a relationship with God. We can still do all those things because Jesus Christ, he's our high priest, and he's making intercession for us in heaven. And so if the building is gone, if we get in a situation where we can't even have one, we're still good, we're still a church, the church will go on. The government will never be able to get rid of the church. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church. What are the gates of hell? It's in Washington, D.C. That's the, that's the, that's the gates of hell if you ask me. I'm just being funny there, but I think you all get the point. You know what I mean? But uh, Acts 7.48 says, Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Acts 17.24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So while we're all excited about our new building and everything, you know, I hope we don't ever think, You know, and we don't ever make too much about the building and too much about the location. God's not, he didn't, he doesn't indwell this building or that building. He indwells the body of the believer. Your body is the temple of God. And so when we as God's people, we congregate, we come together as a church, if we can have a nice building to stay in, thank God for it. We should be thankful for that. It's a blessing, but it's not essential. I think we all know that, okay? As Christians... We don't have an earthly headquarters. We saw it with that verse we read in Acts 13, for we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. There is no place on this earth that we can physically go to that we can really claim this is ours, this belongs to us. We can't claim America. We can't claim even this plot of land right here. It could be taken away from us if the authorities and the powers to be so choose. But we're all seeking for one that's to come. We're waiting for that day when we inherit the earth, and that day is coming. So we don't have a Temple Mount. We don't have a Mecca. We don't have any place like that. But at the same time, we do have places that are special to us. Okay? And it's not wrong for us to have places that are special to us. Okay? Uh, 2 Samuel 23:13, it's not wrong to be sentimental about places. I think this is interesting in 2 Samuel 23, 13. And three of the 30 chief went down and came to David in the harvest time into the cave of Adullam, and the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. And David was then in the hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me a drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. Now, why was it so important that David have a drink of water from that specific well? I mean, if you're thirsty, I mean, isn't water water? I mean, if you're really thirsty. Now, obviously, you all know there's some things that, you know, and there's some places that we often like to go to because we like their food. You know, we like, they, we, they, it has a specific taste. And I personally think the reason David wanted this water, and I've drank from this well in Bethlehem. They have a little, uh, they have a spot there uh, at a church there in Bethlehem where there's this really cold water that comes through. And, you know, I remember drinking that, and it tasted good and everything. But at the same time, why would this matter to David? Okay. Now, we're not going to go into all the story, but David is on the run during this time. David is going through a very difficult battle, and he's not far from Bethlehem, a place where he's remembering simpler times. He's thinking he's probably there hiding in that cave, you know, fearing for his life, and thinking, you know, I'm not that far from Bethlehem, and he's thinking back when he was a shepherd and he was at peace. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't have much to worry about. He's thinking about when he used to just sit at that well and drink from that water and just relax and think about the Lord. And he's just thinking back to better times. And he's like, you know, I would just like a drink of that water just to kind of help him kind of relive that. And have you ever been somewhere before and maybe you smelled something that kind of gave you a memory of something? You know, maybe it was a perfume or something. It reminded you of somebody. You know, maybe it was uh, was the smell of a food and it reminded you of a person that would cook that food. And it just kind of gives you a sentimental feeling. Anybody ever experienced that besides me? I think we've all experienced something like that. I think that's why David wanted that water. It was just, it brought him back to a special time. And you know what? There's always going to be something special about this place because, again, all the good memories, all the uh, the uh fellowship that we've had here, the preaching, the singing, you know, the things that the uh, Lord has done here in this place, we're never going to forget these things. And it's Okay. To be sentimental, taste, smells, sights, all these things often take us to special times. We also like physical reminders of things. It says in Genesis 28, in verse 18, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. What's he doing here? This is the place where he met with God and he wanted to remember it, and so he set something up there, something physical, a stone that he had used, so he could remember it. And one of these days, if he goes back there, and we saw on Wednesday, years later, he did go back there, and he saw that stone, and he remembered what happened in that place, how God met with him, and God ended up meeting him with him, with him again. And you know, there's been times where God has met with us, and God has blessed us, and God has moved in your life in this place. And so, you know, you're always going to feel something when you drive by this place. That's normal, and that's okay. You know, I, to this day, when I go to my old church, Lighthouse Baptist Church, I think the same thing. You know, when I when I see, every time I see that place, it gives me a good feeling. When I go in there, I've got a lot of good memories. In fact, I'll even go, you know, even say this too. Sometimes when I go in there, I get a little aggravated because they're like, you know, redecorating and changing things. You know, I was just in there for a funeral a little over a week ago, and I couldn't sit in my old spot because they've rearranged the seating and everything there, you know. What's up with that, you know? I want to sit in my old spot, you know, but I can't. Now, it's not wrong for them to do that, but, you know, us old-timers from back in the day, you know, we don't like these changes that are going on there, you know. I I, I you know, went there for a long time. It looked a certain way for a long time. They got a new pulpit. Okay? Is it wrong to get a new pulpit? No, but I'm like, you know, I don't know. It, it's kind of bothered me a little bit. And I, you know, I asked, hey, uh, I, I thought about, I'm thinking about putting it in the new building. I said, I can have it. I'm think, just, it's sentimental to me, you know. I hate that that pulpit has kind of been retired, you know. You say, that's weird, you know, you're, you know, I, I don't know, I, this just how I am. Okay? I'm kind of a sentimental person. I, when I drive by the old uh, location for Calvary Baptist Church in Spring Valley, I still remember that place. I still remember that house. Every time I drive by there, I look in that house, and I always notice one particular window that inside there was my bedroom, and that's the place where I got saved. So that's always going to be a special place. To me, I have a lot of memories there. A lot of great things happened there. Uh, years ago, I was um, in, in that town doing something, and I had some time to kill. And I went by the church there, and there was a bunch of people there. They were working on something. And so I stopped by there and just started talking, kind of wanting to go in there and see the place. And it's like a rock and roll church now. And that was, probably wasn't a good idea because I went in there to go see the place. And it's changed a lot, and I didn't like what I saw. And one thing I noticed that bothered me is we went in there and we went up on the platform and the platform's a lot bigger now because they knocked out that back wall and the bath there's no baptistry in the building anymore and I'm thinking where's a that's a bat that was the baptistry I got baptized in. I'm like, where's the baptistry they don't even have one you know and it, you know it, it that bothered me you know because that's you know that's where I got baptized you know now. It's going to just ruin history there. You know, when one of these days people are traveling to see the place where Tom Murcher got baptized, they're not going to be able to do it anymore if that ever happens. If I was Billy Graham, they'd have something like that. All right, you know, but, uh, you know, it's just me, so they probably won't. But I think you all understand what I'm saying. These places are all special. I like seeing those places, and I get it. A church is not a building. A church is just a tool. But I can't help but remember things like that. The uh, the Calvary Baptist Church in Tremont, uh, that was the church where um you know my dad, uh, he you know he he went to for a while. Him and my mom were married in that church. And I remember uh when that church closed, they ended up going to another religion and always just I could tell it always bothered my dad. And eventually another Baptist church bought that place and they started having a camp meeting out there again. And I remember when we went out there to have a camp meeting. Again, you know, my dad was just all excited because he got to go back to that location where he had a lot of great memories, where the Lord had moved in his life. And I remember, and then eventually got sold again, and they tore the building down. And he was upset about it. <laughs> it bothered him because that was a special place to him. And, you know, one of these days, if somebody buys this building and they turn it into a house or even another church, if we ever come in here and see what they do to the place, a lot of us are going to be aggravated. Okay? You know, just because, you know, we remember. Uh, you know what it was like but i remember too uh the building that they had uh before that one where my dad got married i remember um this was probably six or seven years ago they kind of had like a reunion for that church and they went back to the original building it's still there it's some kind of belongs to the city now and i i was too young i don't think they ever had any services or they didn't they were i wasn't even born when they left there, but I remember I went and they had had a service in another place and they were going through and I remember seeing all the old timers just, you know, reliving these great moments and people crying and everything. You know, it was a special place. God did some things there. And so we're always going to have that with this place. It's a it's a special place because of what's been done. There's reminders of what God has done. In jo- Joshua four five. Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you, a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign unto you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the end of the under the children of Israel forever. God parting the waters of the Jordan River, that was a pretty memorable moment, wasn't it? And while everybody had this in their mind, they wanted something to continually be a reminder. They wanted to remember the spot, and so they set up these stones there by the river because they wanted to remember, but then also, too, another way to remember things is to talk about them. And so they have these stones that are there stacked up, you know, in an unnatural way. That way, when their children see that stack of stones one of these days, they'll ask mom and dad, what's the point of these stones right here? And then they would tell them what happened. And so they left that there for a memorial because something very special took place there. And we are we're always going to have things that we remember. You know, it's okay to have mementos from places you've been, you know, from events in your life. These things are all fine. If we went into anybody's house here today. You've all probably got something like that. Something that you, you know, that you've saved from a memorable moment, something to commemorate a moment. That's, you know, thankfully we have pictures today. You know, we can take pictures, we can take videos, and we can relive those things. And that's good. And so just real quickly though, I'm just going to briefly mention these things. Four things though, we want to make sure that we take with us. Because even though we're at a new building, we understand we are the same church. All uh, right, we are the exact same church. There's uh, just a different address. Is all there is, but we're moving. All right, and it, and we as we move, you know, there's things we don't want to leave behind. Okay, and I'm not just talking about material things. In fact, I'm not talking about material things at all. And four things I want to make sure we don't leave behind is first off. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. This place is special mainly because of the Lord. The Lord has met with us here. And you know what? We need to take him with us. We need to make sure we continue to have the same leader, that we have the same shepherd. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. When we go over there, we will be over there meeting as a congregation in his name and under his authority. And we don't ever want to forget that. We don't ever want to lose that. We want to keep Jesus Christ as our authority. Our leader is not changing. Our doctrine is not changing. Our practice is not changing. Okay, We're not adding the purple lights uh, I'm, you know, so I can put on the skinny jeans and get me a little bistro table and a bar stool and sit up stand up here and have conversations with you all as we just build community and be all hip and trendy and drink coffee and, you know, spike up our hair and, you know, do all those things that people are doing today. And then talking about those legalistic IF beers. We're not going to do that. We're going to continue doing the same things that we've always done. Another thing we don't want to leave behind is we don't want to leave the people behind okay hey, this is really important Hey, we don't want to leave behind the people this place has been special because of the people who have been here we have had great moments with each other we've had a lot of great fellowship a lot of great communion with one another a lot of great conversations a lot of funny moments a lot of things that we'll remember you know and we could we could all just start telling stories You know, about just things that happened, funny stuff that happened. Sometimes people like to talk when I was working on that outlet over there. And Brother Renee's laughing because he was there. And I got shocked. And when people get shocked, they scream. And they scream in weird ways. And I did a scream that I've never been able to repeat. And, you know, I, I tried to imitate it one time and it hurt my throat. I think you have to have electricity flowing through your body to make that noise. But you know uh you know we've had those things we should take that little outlet with us as a memento you know so we don't forget that you know forget that moment now we don't do that but but you know the you know these things you know all these memories that we have they're centered around people okay because that wasn't just funny because of the outlet it was funny because everybody was here and heard it and saw it and thought it was so funny and made fun of me if it was just me telling a story about something that happened by myself y'all wouldn't believe it but you know there's witnesses and so uh you know we don't want to leave anybody behind. All right? I really hope next week everybody is over there. I'm like, no, I quit because we got a new, I, I don't like the new location. Hey, man, we did everything we could to prepare everybody and to, uh, you know, have the same, be of the same mind and the same heart in these things because, you know, that matters to me. I get it. I'm not, I'm the pastor, but I, I don't want to just go and just like, you know what? I want it. Therefore, who cares what you all think? I care. Because the church, it's not a building, and the church is not just me, it's the people, it's the congregation, it's the members of that church, and so you better believe I cared what everybody thought. And I, I hope it is my goal that as we transition over there, that everyone goes with us. And that, I, and I believe everybody's going to, but I don't want to leave anybody behind here. I think that would be a, a tragic thing, and that would be a sad thing. And so, let's take everybody with us. Another thing we don't want to leave behind, Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I think one of the special things about this church is the spirit that is in this church. We've had a great spirit in this church over the years. Not every church has that. There's a lot of churches that are war zones when you go there. There's a lot of churches that are just filled with just cliques and different groups and crowds and If you're not on the in crowd, you know, you're just one of the outcast group, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing to have. I don't feel like we've ever had that here. And I don't want and I want to make sure the unity that we have here, I want to make sure the spirit that we have here, it goes with us to the next location. I want to make sure that we do that. And then the last thing I don't want to leave behind is I don't want to leave the liberty. Okay, now the name is still saying the same, but you know, just because we have the name Liberty Baptist Church doesn't mean we have liberty. right. we want to make sure we take that with us, and that comes from the Spirit of the Lord. This place has been special because the Spirit of the Lord is here. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You know why we have a good Spirit here? Because people aren't entangled in bondage that go to this church. We preach a very clear salvation here. People that are here, they know they're saved. They know how to tell other people how to be saved. The people that are here are not worried about losing their salvation. And therefore, when they hear preaching on standards and convictions and things that are difficult, you know, they're not freaking out thinking, if I don't do these things, I'm not going to go to heaven anymore. There's liberty. You have the ability to have liberty in this church. We have that kind of spirit because there is there's liberty where the spirit of the Lord is. And we don't want to leave that behind. We leave that behind that we just, we're just just one more church just full of bitter, sorry, mean Christians. I don't want that. I don't want this to be a church where it's just full of railing and full of name-calling and people are scared to ever say even what they think, uh, what's ever really on their mind because they fear getting called a name. I don't want that kind of spirit in our church. I want to make sure... You know, we have the right kind of attitude. I'm not talking about compromising and just allowing error and things in there. But, you know, it's amazing how many people are confused on subjects and, you know, they're new to certain doctrines, but they're ever, they're scared to death to ever ask any questions on those things. Because if they think differently on it, you know, they're going to get their head ripped off. They're going to get labeled an infiltrator. Somebody's going to make a meme about them. You know, that that's that's what they're afraid of. And what happens when we're that way, when we have a combative attitude like that, when we're always attacking everybody, you know, especially, too, if somebody leaves the church. This is one of the reasons when people leave our church, I don't want to go attacking them is because I don't want people staying in this church because they fear leaving because then they'll be next. And so then they're still they're now here with a bad attitude. And then now we're going to start losing that liberty. We're going to start losing that unity and so we don't, we don't do that kind of thing here. That's not the attitude we have. We're not going to go, you know, attacking all our former members and exposing them and, you know, doing all this. We're not going to do that because we don't want to lose that liberty that's here. If people want to move on, we'll let them move on in peace. That's the way it ought to be. And I, and we're mainly interested in the spirit of the Lord being here. I believe if we, as long as we have the spirit of the Lord here, people will want to be here. At least the right kind of people will want to be here. But when, you, when we have an evil, combative, just, you know, judgmental, harsh spirit, nobody's going to want to be here, including the spirit of the Lord. And then we're going to have to turn this place into a prison. We're going to have to up our attacks on those who leave so other people will be scared to leave. You know, we're going to have to, we're going to definitely have to move up our meme game. You know, most of us aren't too good at that. You know, apparently that's a method people use today. You know, we're going to have to uh, up our insults that we come up and our names that we give people. We're going to have to up that. No, we do not want to go down that route. We do not want to be that church. That is wrong. And we've never been that church. And we got to make sure that we continue these things. We need to continue what we've got going here. And you know what? We might leave behind some stuff. Here that's fine. We got some stuff we need to get rid of and I thought about preaching a message tonight You know things we need to leave behind but you know, I got to thinking about it spiritually. I can't think of much I want to leave behind I think most of what we have I like it. I did I thought that'd be a good message for tonight things. We need to leave behind But I couldn't really think of anything <laughs> I, I could I definitely couldn't think of enough for a sermon. So I was just like Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll preach something else <laughs> But if there is something bad, let's leave it behind Let's go ahead and leave that behind. So things will continue to be the same at Liberty Baptist Church as long as we take all these things with us. It's not the material; it's the spiritual things. And if we take those things, we will continue. We will continue to make great new memories while having all the great memories from this place too. We're not. You know, we're always going to have the things that we had here. Okay. Nobody can take those things away from us. And now we're just going to keep on going and making more next week we'll be celebrating nine years as a church and the lord has blessed a lot of great things last nine years but you know what while we can get sentimental about these things and have some good memories and while we can look at this place maybe even shed a few tears you know what let there be some joy there knowing that we are far from done and we've got a lot more to do this is 2020 and look at what i was thinking about that this week look at what has been accomplished here in 2020 you know how many businesses, families, churches are just struggling and dying right now because of COVID? That is the motto of 2020, because of COVID. All the bad service I've been getting with businesses. You know, why is this taking so long here? Because of COVID. You know, church is stuck because of COVID. And it's, it's legit, folks. I mean, you know, what's happened has, I mean, really taken a toll on a lot of places. But you realize... It's been, it was in 2020, I was finally able to go full-time, ready to support a full-time pastor. It's in 2020 where we finally got the new building. I mean, in 2020, I mean, we've still seen a lot of people saved despite the challenges that we've had, even though we haven't been able to have some of our big marathons and uh, things we've had in previous years. I mean, a lot has been accomplished in 2020. That, that to me is an amazing thing. The fact that, you know, we're, where we're at in 2020 and let's not get cocky about that there's no doubt in my mind that's the lord the spirit of the lord is here and we're taking him with us and let's not forget that so with that let's pray dear lord i thank you so much for your goodness to us and lord how you blessed our church and dear god i just pray that you will uh just as, as people today as we, we reflect and are maybe a little sentimental about this place lord i just i pray uh dear god that um uh, you will just, you know, work on our hearts and just, uh, help us take comfort and, and excitement and just what you have ahead and, uh, for us. And we do thank you for everything that you have done here in this place. We thank you that you have blessed us with the luxury of a building and, uh, and we are thankful for, uh, the new one that you have given us. And dear God, I just pray that we will take these tools and that we will use them for your glory and for the building, uh, building of your kingdom and that we will continue Uh, to take all these wonderful things that you've given us into our new location and that we will just do greater works from here on out. In your name we pray, amen.